Hello and welcome to the Wootens Podcast. This is John. And I'm Lainey and welcome to episode number one. We'll be sharing our diagnosis story of Mabel who has Down syndrome. Thank you for joining us. Um, Lainey, you want, you want to jump right in? I think uh, you you will be leading out on this because of your memory skills and your... <laughs> Well, you, you just you just tell the story so much better. So why don't you? Uh, I don't know about that. Actually, I think you're a better storyteller. That's really sweet. It's in your DNA because your mom is an awesome <clears throat> storyteller. She is. She is. You have great storytelling um, skills. I don't. That's not true, and we're going to prove that. We're, we're going to prove you wrong today. Yeah, so. I've told. I've, I've just basically encouraged everyone to turn it off. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us for uh, that whole minute there. No. I, yeah, I do think it's good that I tell at least part of it because I was the one there in the moment right. of the diagnosis. That's so, right. Okay, so we have six kids. Mm-hmm. We have one in heaven. That's right. But I've been pregnant seven times, and so I'm a little experienced at the whole process. You are. Familiar, at least. And with this past pregnancy, I think I got a little, um, I hate to use the word cocky, but (laughs) maybe just a little cocky, like kind of like, oh, okay, okay, I know, I know how this goes. Um, You know, I missed a few appointments because I was lugging four kids up there to my prenatal appointments. And every time, yeah, pretty much every time. And our oldest who is severely autistic. He is in public school, so I never had to take him, but I am at home with my other four who I homeschool. So, you know, needless to say, going to prenatal appointments was rather cumbersome. So there was a few there were a few times where in prior pregnancies I would have never missed an appointment, you know, but with you know, having done it so many times, I'm like, okay, I know what they're gonna do when I go up there and right. I'm going to miss this one or whatever, you know. So that's what I guess that's what yeah. I'm referring to when I say I was a little cocky, you know, kind of like I I totally thought I knew the ropes and just I knew what was coming. And you could pick and choose um to go to appointments here and there. Which- yeah, I kind of knew what the really important ones were to go to, but I all that to say like I thought everything was just going to go normally. You know, I was expecting it to go normally. We sure. this was like the seventh time we'd done this. So and, and so everything felt normal during this pregnancy. Uh, yes, uh, up until a certain point, and I was having a hard time breathing. I always have issues breathing in my pregnancies, just because our babies get rather large, and especially like when I hit growth spurts, I have a mm-hmm. hard time like breathing, and then like a couple of days like maybe a day or two later, I'll stretch, you know, and then I get more room in my lungs to breathe. But I was having more intense episodes of that and having a harder time just catching my breath and um, just feeling really claustrophobic and kind of panicked, like, okay, I should have stretched by now and, you know, gotten that lung room back and mm-hmm. or the baby should have kind of come down lower and I'm not getting that and how much longer can I do this? And, you know, for those of you out there who have been pregnant, you understand just kind of the panicked feeling that you get at certain points in the pregnancy when you're looking at the calendar and you're like, oh my gosh, I still have this much length of time left and can I do it, you know, mentally, physically? So, so that was the only thing that was really different. I did actually, there was... Um, an appointment with my midwife where I said, something feels different 
about this pregnancy. Like, I don't know, there's just something, like kind of the mom intuition thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't physical at that point. It was just something just felt different. And Mm. she's a believer, and she said, you know what, I've not sensed that when I've prayed for you. I've not thought anything is different. Like, I just feel like everything's going to be great. So so you had no no physical... I mean, like you said, that was not physical no. at all. You just thought... No, no, no. Yeah, that was just, just kind of intuition, just kind of like something just feels different, and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. But so everything was going fine, other than like kind of the bigger I got, the harder I was having a time of breathing. And so oh. I went to my 30... It was like around 33, 33 weeks, I had an ultrasound, and I'm... Not entirely sure why. Oh, I know why now. Because um, she didn't, like, okay, so we did a sonogram prior to that. And she's like, oh, I'm not really crazy about um, the pictures I got on the heart. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, I didn't I didn't really get very clear pictures. She said, I didn't see anything that was an issue there. But I just I just like more detailed pictures. So why don't you come back? And that's when the I think the cockiness came in because I was like, I actually missed that that rescheduled. Um, mm. It wasn't a rescheduled sauna. It was like an additional sauna. And she was like, yeah, I just want to get one more. Why don't you come back and da-da-da-da. And I was like, uh, I kind of conveniently uh, missed that one. <laughs> it right. sounds so terrible. We, we ain't doing that. I don't need to do that. <laughs> uh, but I knew I had another one coming. And so I was just like, oh, I'll just wait for that. Because it was such just a big ordeal to get all the kids up there and then yeah. – keep them quiet during the sonogram and then wait in the waiting room and then risk all getting sick too because the place I was going, half of it was like a pediatric, like sick visit place, Mm. you know? So there's like lots of coughing and kids, you know, crying. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I couldn't have done it. I I mean, which I've I've said many times, there are so many things that you do that I just, I don't think I could do. Because you weren't designed to do them, John. Apparently not. But (laughs) dragging all the kids up there, yeah, uh, for sonogram. Yeah, so, that's one of them. But right. anyway, so I'd come back. So because I'm trying to remember, why did I have like a sonogram at 33 weeks? Because that doesn't seem like a time to have a sonogram. And I think that's why. So mm-hmm. she had brought us in um, to get like some more detailed pictures. And then um, so we were doing the sonogram, and um, let's see. The first thing she said was, "You have polyhydramnia. You have lots of fluid." And she's, "And have you had a hard time breathing?" I'm like, "Yes, that's why." And so. That made sense. And then she said, and then we see a little spot here in, in uh, your little girl's stomach, and we're not really sure what it is. It might be a cyst. And I not really, like I said, every, my other pregnancies have been pretty, you know, normal somewhat. And um, so they decided to send me to a specialist to get it checked out. Um, they, my midwife said, you know, it may take a little bit to get you in because these specialists come from Dallas and they get, you know, booked up pretty quick, but we'll get you in and probably nothing, but we just want to rule out something. Um, so let's see here. I ended up having to wait like two weeks to get in. And like the longer I waited, the more the suspicion started to kind of grow and just the curiosity of like, could could there be something going on here? And I remember the Sunday before the appointment, our pastor preached on worry. And um, he said, who by, and this is scripture, who by worrying can add an hour to your life? And I just really felt immediately like the Lord said, and who by worrying can add an hour to their child's life? 
And that was really powerful for, for me because the longer time I had in between that sonogram and the appointment, like the more I was worrying and the more I was looking up things on polyhydramnios and what could be the cause of it. And and I just had a lot of peace. I thought, okay. And I remember leaning over to my mom, to my mom actually in that service and saying, you know, this is so perfect right before my appointment. You know, to mm-hmm. to hear this. And and I even said, in, you know, who can who can worry about? You know, who can add an hour to your kid's life? You know, even by worrying. And she's like, wow, that's so good. And so, um, so I had peace going into it. So we went to the specialist. Here I am with all four of my my little chickens and <laughs> trying to keep them all happy and quiet and keep them from screaming and acting like fools in front of everyone. It's <laughs> just so stressful. And I'm big and huge and pregnant. And um, so they take me back there to the sonogram room to see the um, perinatologist. And I just remember the doctor coming in real fast and just real matter of fact and pulled out the wand and quickly introduced himself. And he had like a tech uh, next to him. And he started doing you know the thing real fast. And he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, like just kind of like, yeah, I've, I know, I know what's going on. Like, like this isn't the first time I've ever seen this. So he says, "Yeah, yeah, polyhydramnios." And re-explain that again. And then he said, "You know, this cyst that's in her stomach is actually an atresia, which is a blockage in the intestines, and will have to be surgically repaired." And I'm like, "Whoa, what?" Because none of our kids have had surgery. Yeah, right. right. You know, so we've not gone through that with any of them. And I thought, well, okay, kids have surgery. They make it through surgery, like we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and then he's like, yeah, like right after she's born. I'm just going, whoa, like that's that's that was the first blow. Mm-hmm. And then he just very quickly said, and she has um, an AV, a complete AV canal defect in her heart. And I'm like, oh wow, I had no idea I would even hear anything about any other part of her body because, I mean, they had looked at her heart, right. At the sonogram, with at, at my at the clinic I was going to, no one ever said anything about any sort of heart issues or even like, you know, hinted toward that. So that really blew me away. And I said, "Well, will she have to have surgery on her heart?" Yes, she. Will. I mean, it was just matter of fact, absolutely, yes, she will. And so I'm going, "Oh my gosh!" And and then he goes, "And you won't be able to deliver here. You'll deliver in Dallas, which uh, for those of you who are listening, that's two and a half hours away from where we live." And I'm just going, "Well, you know, all these details are running through my head. Like, how are we going to like logistically make this work with five other kids? Our oldest was who's severely autistic, and any sort of change just kind of rocks his world." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "How long are we going to be in Dallas? When will we know to go?" You know, because I had had a history of early, you know, uh, labor and delivery, and but as of like the past couple of pregnancies, I was doing. I mean, I'd done well. I'd kind of gone to full term, and but it was just so unpredictable. And I'm like, how do we even know when to go? And so it's just like, yeah, no, nothing but questions. Yeah, and so that alone was just, you know, like a lot to take in. And so my, you know. Children were kind of off to the side watching my phone, and he said, okay, I want you to get dressed and go meet me in the consultation room. And I thought it was just to further discuss mm-hmm. what he had told us. And then um, he said, um, he set me down in there, and I, again, I put the kids down and um, on a, like a bench in the room, and I gave him my phone. 
And he goes, these are both of these things, duodenal atresia and this AV, this complete AV canal defect are both markers for Down syndrome. And he he delivered the the news, I feel like, well. Like yeah. like he wasn't like he was compassionate. Okay. But he wasn't like he he did not bring up abortion, which from many people that I've grown to know through this experience, they have were like almost bullied into trying to choose an abortion right. to terminate their their child's life. Um, he didn't. However, I found out after the second appointment, after a reference that the second doctor made, he said it's too late for an amnio. And so I asked later what that meant to my midwife, and I said, was he referring to the fact that, like, the amnio would give us 100% accuracy of the Down syndrome so we could terminate, but it was too late to terminate? And she said, yes, that's what he was talking about. Amniocentesis, right? Right, Is is, is it the name of the uh, test they Mm -hmm. do? Yes. Yeah. And so that was the only reference that I'd had from a medical professional um, about aborting. Did he say that to you, or was he, kind of, or was he saying that to his to his tech or something? No, he was telling that to me. He okay. said he was just, he, you know, I, and I think I remember him kind of like kind of rubbing his forehead. It's like, well, it's too late for an amnio now. You know, like I don't even like I don't know how to help you, kind of thing. Right. <laughs> like I don't really know what to offer you other than just have this baby. But which, sort sort of like in passing. I mean, he wasn't really. Um, well, no, he was he was kind of like addressing the problem. Like that was mm. like his way of like kind of like he was brainstorming or something. Like as right. he was talking about like how can we deal with this? Like what are your options here? Well, it's too late for an amnio, you know. Um, right. Anyway, but so going back to that consultation room, I just remember in that moment just feeling like somebody had just punched me in the stomach, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I feel like his delivery was fine. You know, because for me personally, I didn't want someone to say, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. People with Down syndrome are so amazing. You know, like I I needed a second to grieve for just a second, you know, (laughs) I needed to kind of just let my, let me as a mother just process the information. So, and he wasn't overly negative at all, you know. In fact, I felt compassion from him, so I think he did a good job delivering it. Um, That's good. But it was, it yeah, it was it was just like oh, so scary, you know, because you and I have purpose to champion um, trusting God with um, having children mm-hmm. and and being open to having more than the average, and and you know. Just proclaiming to the world that that our children are a blessing to us, and even though, like raising kids is hard, like we believe mm-hmm. that what the Bible says that children are they're a reward, you know, right. that they're a gift, and so we we make a point mm-hmm. to really teach that message with our right. lives, and in that moment, I just felt like a fool, you know, in my flesh, like. For believing that, right? I felt incredibly insecure with promoting that message mm-hmm. because I feel like most everyone's fear for having like a lot of kids or even having any, any kids is that you'll have one like this, right? With complicated health issues or 
some genetic disorder. Right. They're not normal. And, and especially as, as you, you get older, sort of, I mean, right. that's, that's kind of what you hear, you know, as you, as you have children, as you're older, that there is more of a risk of this kind of thing, you know? Right. And I think that um, was one of the things, too, because I, I thought, oh, my goodness, everyone is going to think in their mind, see, you should have stopped having kids. This is what happens when you have kids when you're over 35. When the reality is, you know, I talked to my midwife, and she said most of the babies that she had delivered with Down syndrome were women in their 20s. So, I mean, well, yeah. you know, it, ultimately you have to just go, God, he creates. Right. Right. He creates. You know, we we believe that, you know, because Scripture tells us that in sure. Psalm 139, He knits them together. And um, I just remember, but that was my first very insecure, um, fleshly response. It was right. like, what are we going to, what are we going to say now? You mm-hmm. know, it's like these, you know, deeply held convictions felt very brittle in that moment, right. you know, right. and just trying to, formulate like what am I gonna say to people? Like what message am I gonna promote now? You know? Right. And um and I'm telling you the, the sweetest most amazing thing happened in that moment. And it it was the spirit of God that did this, but he reminded me, the Lord reminded me what her name was. And mm-hmm. her name is Mabel. And Mabel means lovable. And it was just like all oh, in just like one second, a touch from the Lord. I just I knew I'm like we're gonna love her, mm-hmm. like and she, and everybody's gonna love her. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be so loved and so lovable. I mean, she's gonna bring joy, yeah. and um and not that that's what gave her value. You know, that's not what gives a human life value. Right. God gives a human life value just because He creates it. Right. And we receive it with joy. But God used her name to just silence my fears mm. and just remind me that that I will love her, mm. you know, just like I love all of our kids, right. you know? And, um, and I knew, too, that the way I responded in that moment was most likely going to sit in my children's minds, or at least my oldest one in the room, like, that she would probably never forget it. And I thought, you... Be very careful in how you respond to this, at least in front of them. Right, because Hazel so, Hazel is um, she is very much with us on this journey of, of having kiddos. I mean, she loves babies. She does. She <laughs> Celeb- celebrates celebrates every pregnancy. Yeah. Asks when we're going to have another one. Right. And tells she, us that she wants to have like triplets or quadruplets or however many we can fit in there. So I mean, she right, <laughs> and, and she she helps out with with her siblings, and she's. She's she's very you know much a mothering to 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 the babies and the little ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yes, you're right. So and she's our eight year old, almost nine year old. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was kind of like my response. But then I you know and I just remember really just kind of shaking after that and just being like I got to get out of here. I got to call John. I got to tell John and um and so I texted John and I said and and he knew I was there and I said I need you to come to the hospital. And that's all I told him. And um, and so he, he came up there, and the kids and I were waiting in the lobby. And, um, you know, I'm trying to remember if I actually told Hazel or talked to Hazel about it before he got there, but I, I think I did. I feel like you did. 
And um, and I remember her saying something like, "Well, we're gonna love her. Like, like there's it's okay. Like this is fine. This is okay. You know." And anyway, I remember as soon as I saw you, that's when I cried, mm. and I just said, it, "She's she's got a problem with her heart, and you know she's they think she has Down syndrome, and and um, I forgot what she said. Do you remember what she said? I feel like you said like we're gonna be okay." Do you think that's what she said? Something like something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember when when I when I came in and, and you told me that there were some problems with the baby, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that you did lead off with with her heart, and then maybe with the atresia, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and then you know, and and that those those were, you know, those two hit me pretty hard. But I I, I remember whenever you said, and they think she may have Down syndrome. Um, it was just, you know, like the the Lord just, I mean, I don't know, for some reason that wasn't, um, I'm trying to re- recall, but that, that wasn't as big of a blow to me mm-hmm. as really I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, like in that moment, I, I just thought she's in, she, you know, she and us, we are all in the Lord's hands. I mean, like there's no, mm-hmm. like just in that moment, I knew there's no there's no reason to worry about this. There's no reason to to like get distraught about this because we're in the Lord's hands and, and she is too. Um and I just have to leave her there, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um and and I just was trying to, you know, figure out how to how to comfort you. But you know, you you didn't you weren't breaking down. Um No, I think I was more emotional because I saw you and I just <clears throat> I love you and you were a comforting presence and I just I mean, I was there all by myself with all my kids and that was overwhelming and I just I thought man how am I even going to like get the kids down the stairs you know <laughs> like just that right. alone takes so much emotional physical energy oh, like right. just herding them all into the elevator and mm-hmm. you know trying to referee who gets to push the buttons and all that stuff and I'm like I've I just know. received some really hard news and um and they're fighting over who gets to push the outside button and then <laughs> well then I get to push the inside button and, okay um and then, and then we were on our way actually to go get the genetic testing done because the doctor had recommended that we get it done. He said, you know, you don't, you don't have to get it done, you know, but he said it would help us if you could get it done. I guess okay. I, I don't really know exactly why it would help them. Um, I guess maybe to narrow down what was going on. Maybe how to prepare. I mean, you know, yeah. they they, they want to know what what to do when the baby's born. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't, I don't recall. Probably to rule out other. Um, chromosome, you know, disorders because it, it could have been a different number, you know, possibly right. Like, because because I think they were saying it could have been trisomy like twenty one mm. or other numbers, and right, we right. were Which gonna. It is twenty one. It is twenty one. Right. Yeah, but yeah. And um, so we so anyway, we all loaded up in the van, and and John got everybody in their seats, and I was just kind of stunned and. Um, and so we went over and I got my blood taken and, um, and I remember the lady who took my, um, my blood or my orders or something and, um, I was just staring and she said, are you okay? And I said, I just got some pretty tough news. And she said, well, I forgot exactly what she said, but she was like basically referencing the Lord and said, Mm. it's, it's going to be okay. Like, like God. God will take care of you, you know, wow. and she didn't know anything, you know, and I thought that was a real sweet memory to have. But, um, but yeah, and then we just began to process, you know, and mm-hmm. lots of conversations and lots of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And, 
And and I agree. I feel like on my worry list, it like Down syndrome was at, at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have we have been gifted with a different way of thinking because of Jude our right. oldest who has autism. You know, right. we have been through so much with him and we're not entirely in the dark about being a parent of a special needs child, right. you know. And and we also know that too that down syndrome is different from autism. <clears throat> right. And at the same time, still not going into it blindly like it's just going to be all you know, gumdrops and Whatever the expression Rain- is, <laughs> and rainbows, sunshine, and rainbows. Rainbow. I don't know. Um, okay, okay. So I'm sorry. You go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's pretty much all I want to say about the the diagnosis part yeah. of it because, I mean, like I said, I mean we processed it. That's all I got to say about that. And that's that all. I, and that's all I got to say well, about that. I, I, I was going to ask you about um, the thought that you had um, about. Well, since we have Jude, and since Jude has autism, and we've had a lot, we have had a lot of hard times with Jude. Jude's had a lot of hard times. Um, did you kind of think when you heard, when you got this diagnosis? You know, how much did you think? Okay, Lord, we have, <clears throat> Lord, this can't be right. We have we have kind of done our our mm-hmm. almost done our time. Yes, or we have you know, surely not us, Lord. You know, yes, we, we've had a pretty hard go with it. Yeah. Uh, of it with Jude, and, and so I mean, how how big of a, of a thought was that? Yeah, those that thought definitely did enter into my head several times. Like, like Lord, and I think that's part part of like uh, a little bit of my cockiness too. Was like, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. like God wouldn't do that to to our family because He right. knows, like, <clears throat> you know, and what a terrible way of thinking and unbiblical way of thinking, really, you right. know. But you know, His grace is sufficient. So. um yeah, I definitely had that. And then I also had the thoughts of God is giving us Mabel for Jude. Mm. Wow, yeah. You know, and I chose to really focus in on that, not like, why, God? Like, we already have a special needs child, mm-hmm. but like, oh, because we have a special needs child, God has given us another special needs child. Well, yeah. You know, so yeah. that they... You know, and I and I can't predict what their relationship's going to be, and I don't want to really like right. uh, romanticize it. But we already do see that. I mean, Jude has he he grows to love each of our babies. You know, he struggles right. because he hates crying, but he does. He thinks babies are cute. He thinks puppies and kittens are cute too. You right. know, but. Um, <laughs> Would you say that there may be just an extra measure of affection a little bit or attention there or seems draw? To be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there sure seems to be. Yeah, I, I think so. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, I can't predict what the future holds, sure. but already, of course, of course, Mabel has been a blessing yes, to she us. Has. And, and specifically to Jude, because I have seen Jude go from very angry to... Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, Mabel's so cute. Mabel's so Mm -hmm. cute. You know, like kind of just nuzzling up against her. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, but of course, and so if we want to speed forward, Mabel is awesome. She is awesome. She rocks everybody's (laughs) socks off. I mean, she's she's incredible. She she brings joy everywhere she goes. Right. 
everywhere she goes. I mean, people we don't know to every medical, you know, professional that interacts with her. I mean, they just just drool over her, you mm-hmm. know, and and want to hold her and love her. And then, you know, she's therapy to me, you right. know? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, because I mean, being a mom, and you know too, and, and a dad of six kids creates a lot of stress and anxiety. Right. <clears throat> and right. I've had times where I'm like, I just need to go hold Mabel. I just need to go sit with mm-hmm. Mabel because she makes me feel better about mm-hmm. life, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, um, man, she's, yeah, she's such a gift, such yeah, a I mean, joy. Everybody wants to hold Mabel. I mean, all, all, all the kids want to hold Mabel. They do. Everybody, they fight over her. Right. Everybody always wants to hold Mabel. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the, the whole thing about, you know, surely God wouldn't do this to us. Mm-hmm. We are, we already have a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't take another one, you know. It's, I mean, that, you know, it's all about your mindset, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a mindset of, I mean, somewhat that's a mindset of that this is going to be a bit of a burden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, there there is some, you know, uh, truth in there about just the fact that, it, you know, that our journey with Mabel was was going to be more, more difficult. There was going to be more to it with with the medical part of it, surgeries and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's all it's all part of uh, of the mindset of. Do you believe that children children are a blessing? That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that thought that oh, surely God wouldn't do this to us. I mean, really, mm-hmm. you know, we've. I mean that that was a that that was not from a perspective of children are are are, are a blessing. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and this, I was guilty of that too. I mean, like I I, yeah. I thought the same thing whenever right. I was bringing that up to you. Um, I definitely thought the same thing. I, I had a, a a period of time where, where I was I was definitely fighting those thoughts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just the principle of, like, saving your life to to live your life. You know that 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 scripture teaches that we have to lay down our life to actually right. live our lives. Right. Like to really have that abundant life that Jesus promises. Like we have to die, and so. Just, it's mm-hmm. it's know, very counterintuitive to uh, yeah. to the flesh. I mean, right, yeah. because when you're adding another child, and then on top of that, adding another special needs child, another part of you has died. <laughs> you know, right. more freedoms are being laid down. If you had anything left, you know, right. <laughs> at this point, I feel like we don't really have anything left. But you know what I'm saying. Um, but yet, it's like the more you lay down. It's like the sweeter really it gets. You know, mm-hmm. and the more eternal fruit. That we have seen, and and it's definitely a backwards way, right? Of thinking it about is. it, but it's it's a beautiful, beautiful way of looking at life. It's the right way to look at life, and um, but yeah, she's awesome. She's a great blessing. She is a she is a she is a joy. Yeah, she's so great. She's she's a she's a really good cuddler. Yeah, she is. Nuzzler, she cuddler melts right into your chest and. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and so um, so as far as now, um, her surgeries seem to be. I mean, they they seem to be um, permanently effective. Correct? Should should be. She has a twenty percent chance that they may have to go back in and correct her surgery. But according to, in the words of our her cardiologist that um, or surgeon, she said it took really well. She didn't think it was. Going to have to be one of those one in five that has to go back for repair. Wow. 
So that was encouraging. Mm, that, that's incredible. When when they explain when they explained to us what they were going to do for surgery, yeah, it, it was it blew me away. Oh, was, I know. It, I just cannot believe what they can do. I know to a tiny little heart and to tiny, you know, to thin tissue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's incredible. So, um, you know, I mean, there's no part of me that doesn't think God's hand is not on all of that. Yeah. Because that's that's pretty pretty miraculous. So, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, he's faithful, and we're just so grateful that he has <laughs> led us to this place. Whether it was kicking or sh- and screaming or lots of processing, but of having more kids, because mm-hmm. um, man, what a blessing each and every one of them are, and we know that every single one of them have a purpose. Whether they are, um, um, you know, intellectually or developmentally delayed, or they are typical, you know, right. God, God is sovereign over all of that, and He doesn't use the the wise and the mm-hmm. you know the the rich and the together among us, you know, only right. you know He He wants us to come with a broken spirit, and He wants us to come like children and. You know, he, boy, his his heartbeat is the least of these, the ones that we think we don't need. That's right. The ones that we think we need to weed out of society or, mm. you mm. know, I mean, who would we be, where would we be without people with disabilities? Mm. We would all think that we're better than, than, than we are. Exactly. We would be so, <sighs> so shallow, <clears throat> so <throat> short-sighted and selfish, you know, mm-hmm. and I... I mean, you and I have seen we, it in our lives. Like, I mean, man, the struggles that we have been through with right. having so many kids, and then specifically the autism, we've really seen um, not so pleasant sides of ourselves. That yes, <laughs> you know, and how God uses all that to refine us and to peel back those layers mm-hmm. of sin. And I think, you know, man, John and Laney in twenty twenty. Versus John and Laney when we had just gotten married is oh, so much better. So much better. <laughs> you know, and we're not perfect, <clears throat> but we are, no. boy, are we being sanctified and being made to look more like Christ. And I That's want the right. Lord to keep doing it. Yep. Me too. Um, we were just, we were earlier speaking about um, eugenics and, and you know, people, people throughout history who have kind of wanted to weed out the least of these and people who are dis- disabled and whatever. Um. Um, and, and of course, playing into where would we be as a society if we had if we did that? Um, I think personally that that if we if we weeded out all the people with disabilities and people who were, you know, quote unquote, you know, not intelligent or whatever, I think that as as a, a society we would be finding somebody else to weed out. I mean, we mm. we, we would be finding, you yeah. know, I mean. You know, it's like okay, well, you know, these 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 elderly people mm. are slow, or you know, they they should t- take a lot of medical care and all that. I mean, I I, I just feel like that the human heart, mm. you know, wouldn't wouldn't stop. Yeah, that's without. so powerful. That's so true. And and would we start to? I mean, weed out. I mean, you know, what 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 are the traits would we see Absolutely, as as, yeah. as 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 imperfect or as as impeding? Yeah. So, yeah. God um, God writes the standard. That's right. Of, of human value. Like, we absolutely have no place writing that standard That's because right. 
that's scary. And so <laughs> we can't be trusted. And so that's why we that's why we fight for these, for right. these kiddos, and that's why we um, advocate for the least of these. So, mm-hmm. um, Lainey, that was beautiful. You're a great storyteller. I Thank mean, you. I just love that very much. And I think um, if you're listening to this, and and uh, you know somebody who has who has gotten this diagnosis, um, and who does not know what to do with their baby, with their pregnancy, um, share this with them. Send this out. Um, share this with people who who um, who maybe think that the same way as as we do. Because I mean, you know, there that there's no there's never too many encouraging stories, right? That's right. So so regardless, share this. But ho- hopefully, um, my hope is that this will reach somebody who is who is contemplating abortion mm. and will change their mind, change their heart. And yes. and ultimately will will lead lead them to Christ. Yes. So, um, yeah, share this. Please do. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch up with you next time.